Hello, everyone. Oh, my God. Ew. It's been a long time. What is that? Oh, I'm tired. It's, like I said, it's been a fucking week. Do you need a five-hour energy? <sighs> no, I had a coffee already. I don't know if you closed your mouth when you were talking. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hello. Hey, everyone. You're listening to Some Nobodies. Today, we're discussing episode three of Lovecraft Country, called Holy Ghost. My name is Dylan. I am here with Zach and Harrison, and we are Some Nobodies. Oh, yeah. How's everybody Phew. doing today? Pretty good. Pretty feel, good. Yeah, I feel really good. Yeah? Yeah. Now that I've remembered how to speak, I'm having an okay time. Yeah. How are you feeling? You're... I'm feeling. Just feeling? I'm feeling. You it's have been, feelings. It's, it's been a heavy feel week. Yeah. Anyway. Words are That's true. Yeah. So, uh, as said, this is Some Nobody's Review Lovecraft Country. We are discussing the third episode aired on HBO's adaptation of Matt Ruff's novel of the same name, published in 2016. Uh... Zach, would you like to read the episode synopsis for episode three, Holy Ghost? Yeah, uh, directed by Daniel Sackheim. And the synopsis is, Hoping to mend her relationship with her sister Ruby, Letty turns to a ramshackle Victorian on Chicago's north side into a boarding house. An endeavor that stokes neighborhood racism and awakens dormant spirits stuck in the house. Meanwhile, Atticus remains burdened by a guilty conscience as George's wife, Hippolyta, presses him for the full story of what happened in Artem. Alright, so this is about black people moving into a white neighborhood mm -hmm. during the time of incredible racial oppression. I actually want to preface this episode by reading one of Lovecraft's poems. Okay. Uh, this was New England Fallen. Mm -hmm. It was written while he was alive, published posthumously by August Derleth, who was kind of his like confidant and friend. So I'm going to go through... The whole thing is, it's not its not too long, it's 165 lines, we'll get through it. <clears throat> you can always cut any of this if you like. Sure. Juvenile, 3, 12 through 16. When long ago America was young, and held by yeomen from Britannia sprung, New England was with hardy rustics filled, green were her fields and diligently tilled. My grandsire John beside a rocky hill, mid-pastures watered by a sparkling rill. Erected firm his unpretentious cot, sunk deep his well, laid out his garden plot. Built sheds for poultry, hives for honeybees, barns for his cattle, cleared the land of trees. The meadows wide with walls he fenced around, builded of stones digged from the rocky ground. From dawn to darkness reached his daily toil, each spring with seed he sowed the fertile soil. And in the heat of each midsummer day, with sharpened scythe he mowed the leaning hay. Neath harvest moon he reaped the rip ripening crop. In winter's blast his axe was heard to chop. The wind swayed oaks and maples of the wood that on his hillside slopes majestic stood. In grassy pastures teeming with rich loam, his brawny kine were wont to feed and roam. Thus did he live and called his humble acres home. I'm going to skip a little bit, but it's a lot of uh, pastoral description mm -hmm. of um, you know, old school England. Lines 110. Agrestic bliss, why canst thou not remain? Why must the years bring evil in their train? Why have the rustic sons forsaken home in dismal towns and distant lands to roam? Why have they left the meadows of their birth, quite rural ease for urban want and dearth? Why are base foreign boars allowed to dwell amongst the hills where Saxon greatness fell? Live their low lives, themselves in filth degrade, as monkeys haunt a palace long decayed. And skipping ahead two lines, 155 through the end of the poem. Whence, come, whence comes this devastation of the land, this awful blow of the Almighty's hand? Where is New England that our fathers knew, where pious men and rugged virtue grew? Where law and order ruled the rustic realm, and honor stood unconquered at the helm? Gone, with the noble race that gave it life, and given o'er to foreign crime and strife. The Saxon yeoman made New England great, and when he leaves, he leaves it to foul fate. 
No baser tribe can take his honored place, and with like virtues, old New England grace, this power lies locked within the noble British race. Ugh. Yeah, uh, that is one of his more overtly racist ones, uh, obviously about immigrants coming to New England to dirty the place up with their culture and way of life. Yeah, he seems like a real piece of shit. He kind of, yeah, he was, and he yeah. died alone and friendless. You white people different from me. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I wanted to read that because it ties in very heavily to the themes of the episode we're going to talk about. Yeah, I'm going to say off the bat that I loved this episode. I was a little bit, like, I took a dip in episode two. But they got me back very quickly. This episode was so cool for me. Um, Harrison, spoiler free. Episode three, what do you think? I thought it was a awesome exploration to a new genre mm -hmm. of horror. Um, a, another aspect of racial parts of society. And the uh, gore level, sublime. 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 Top-notch gore. Yeah, what about you, Dylan? I, I agree with Harrison. It's a uh, it's a very good hour long melding of Lovecraft's like racist mm -hmm. viewpoints, America's racist history, and genre elements. It's ghosts. That's not really spoilers. Yeah, it's ghosts, and it's a haunted house, and it deals with the haunting in a way that is very tied to the themes the show has established. Yeah, I agree. It's cool to see like a modern haunted house tale. Period. Yeah, which is yeah yeah. Mm, real cool. So, episode three, Holy Ghost, uh, starts with... Now, what I originally thought was a funeral, but it's not. It's just a church service, which... I was looking for a body every time I watched yeah, it. Yeah, I couldn't tell. And I, I guess it's because of Letty's demeanor is why I took it as that. But the poem that you hear is called Hey Lay. Did you guys read anything about this? No. It's pretty interesting. So, um, the voice that you hear over what I thought was a funeral, but I think it's just a regular service... <clears throat> is that of artist Precious Angel Ramirez, and her narration was written in tribute to Leomi Maldonado, the Vogue dancing legend and choreographer from the TV series Pose. I don't know if you guys ever watch Pose. I really no, preach I about this show. Know. Show's phenomenal. It is a heartbreaking tale of trans life, um, but not in the most stereotypical ways where it's like, oh, their life is bad. People beat them up. It's like, no, they actually, you know, trans people have lives they fall in love they have jobs they go through stuff so um and this is a choreographer for that and it originally appeared in a 2017 nikes advertisement Gross. which i was yeah really odd that this was used for that and then this like that but throughout this church service letty's silent she's the only one sitting the only one sitting contemplative uh yeah what yeah, do you think it's because of the past, what's happening, or do you think it's because of what we're about to see? Because... It's possible that she had just gotten the money, yeah. uh, and thinking it's from her... Well, should we go for that? I mean, like, so she's, like, yeah, it's possible that she... Yeah, what's about to happen. Yeah, so she probably got, thinks she, uh, she got the money, she's, like, considering, like, why she, why does she have it, yeah. and also, like, the implications mm -hmm. of how it's going to affect her relationship with her siblings. Yeah. She, she feels like, she's very clearly feeling like an outsider now, and whether that is from events which will be upcoming or the previous she, episode too she just she went died, through right. an event where not only did she die and come back which in something a work like this is generally treated as a very horrific or at least like numbing event yeah which we get into a little later yeah. i mean she had her worldview completely irreparably altered mm -hmm. yeah she saw some stuff um so after that then we cut to the logo and i'm not sure if you notice any differences in the logo this time but the Lovecraft Country logo shows up with a mansion on top of it, with a city behind it. It shows roots on the bottom. It's the house. It's the house that we're about to see, and there's a coffin with a skeleton in there. Which I was like, oh, that's weird. I didn't remember that from the from the first or second. So I went back and watched the second episode, 
The second episode starts, the logo scene is like vines with thorns all over them. And the bottom is that shell. It's the cultist the, arc. The cultist Whatever arc that, that you kind of see on his ring. Uh, on Atticus's ring in the second episode. So I'm going to start paying attention to yeah, the beginning now that, I, now that I caught that. Uh, for the first time, we have words on the screen. And the words say, In the summer of 1955, a group of Negro men and women moved into a house on the north side of Chicago. Ten days later, three people went missing inside the house, never to be seen again. Pioneering is dangerous. Then it cuts to day one. So now we know we're on a time clock. Now we know ten days, there's going to be some people dead. So day one, Letty and Ruby are chatting about how much money uh, Letty owes her. Just a random conversation. And then Letty just shows Ruby the house that she just bought. I bought a house. I bought a house. That's weird. Yeah, yeah it's weird. a nice, now, it's a big house in a nice neighborhood. Right, and all we know of Letty is that she has been asking money from her brother, asking money from Ruby, and constantly is needing money. Now she has enough money to buy a house that has three floors, not including the basement, 13 bedrooms. And an elevator. And an elevator that works sometimes. Uh, but the house was designed to be a safe haven for black people, which is a really... Oh, that's what she was planning on doing with it. Right, that's what I'm saying. That, oh, that yeah. was, that, yes. was a, okay. that was her plan. It was like, 13 rooms, I'm going to rent these out for people that need, you know, safe haven. Yeah. And inside the house, and thing is gross. <laughs> yeah. It's got a nice little spider shot as they open the door. A classic spider. old, you know, old house if there's a spider in this. After some talk, Ruby decides to move in so they can bond more as sisters. But where'd the money come from? That's what I was asking myself. She avoids the question. She yeah, avoids, avoids the question. Pretty, um, pretty blatantly, too. You get a little bit of ele elevator foreshadowing. Like, when I saw it first, it wasn't working. I'm like, okay, somebody's going down. Oh, yeah. Oh, Where's it go? It cuts to, after the, they're done there, it cuts yeah. to, um, cuts to Tick. And cuts to Tick. And, uh, well, it actually, uh, Hippolyta. It actually cuts to Hippolyta, and she's looking at the Dracula book, and she's ripping pages out. Why do you think she's doing that? I, I first I wasn't sure. I was like, is this like? Cause I know George mentioned it in the first episode, mm -hmm. so it's either something he just read recently, or it's like I was like, it's either he read recently, or it's one of his like top books. It's something that he really likes. See, and, I took it as maybe he might have written in the book. Mm, there was just something that's a little more original some to George for some reason. It just seems odd that she was ripping that out unless it's just his. I assumed she was just exercising her trauma over his loss like yeah she's she is very clearly still even before any of the conversations which occur later she's very clearly feeling the abs his absence yeah and she knows as we learn later not everything is true necessarily true what she was told yeah and this is her family telling or in this case not telling her the full truth so yeah. she's i think she's just exercising her loss she's, yeah, just upset just Lashing out against yeah, and projecting almost most of it onto Tick and yeah. on onto George too, because yeah. who knows? Yeah. Like if they don't if they won't tell her why he died, how can she necessarily trust what he was doing when True. he died? Yeah, good point. Also, how well she, she might even get even more furious with Tick and yeah. for, and be less inclined to forgive him uh, based on the fact that you know that he essentially chose George to be shot. Yeah, um, she's she's definitely feeling some stuff. Then we cut to Tick and D, and they're making breakfast, um, and there's a little bit of the dishes conversation about the things George used to do, and Hippolyta is just upset, uh, mostly because of the little things that he does that's similar to George. He also then the guidebook, which yeah. was a bit of a conversation. He's continuing his work on He's the guide. He's just taking over George's work now. And... Even Very, taking over Hippolyta's work, kinda. too, because she's supposed to be the proofreader, and Tick's like, ah, it's fine. I, they looked good to me, yeah. and that's why I sent them out. 
And then we go to D needing some robot parts, yeah. which I thought was awesome. I was really hoping that would come back somehow, uh, uh, which I guess will come seven back Seven more episodes. It'd be really cool as if, like, like, six episodes later, there's this huge robot that comes out. That D just what, what, like built. a racist fighting robot? Like, yeah, just D's built this robot for, like, months. Uh, I got you, kid. Then we cut to Tick's dad's place, and he's drunk. Wakes him up in a very... I guess it's the only way to wake up a drunk stupor it, it, like it that. It is the most stereotypical trope to wake up a drunk person. Yeah. Throw water in her face. Cons if there's there's a strong implication that he has been drinking since he got out of the cult. And I understand... Not out of the cult. Out of the cult's clutches, and I understand that. Yeah. I would also be drinking if I had been kidnapped by a cult, and then my brother died. And had to dig away. Afterwards. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And also, you hate your son's existence because it reminds right. you every your day son's, that he's not your You son. resent your son because he might not be your yours. possible nephew. But now his father, potentially, his potential father died, so yeah. you're stuck in this limbo. And then, um, Tick's dad goes and changes his shirt, and then he's sober. Yeah. Which is great. Magically so. It was the he, water. He yeah. puts a yellow shirt on, gets a cup of orange juice, and it's sober. Yeah. That's all it takes. He's probably, I bet you, he is that kind of an alcoholic that if he wants to, he can switch it off and yeah. focus. He can at least fake He can at yeah, least fake, fake it. it. And then through that conversation that he and Tick had, he slams his hand on the table, and then things start vibrating. I was like, whoa, what is this? But it's just a trick. Well, it's, a, it's a conversation where it's like, we can't tell Hippolyta what actually happened. Yeah. You want her to know the white people have magic on their side, too? Two. That, too, is very two. interesting. Yeah, yeah. they got everything. And, and magic. magic. So they're like, yeah, we... He died. He got shot by the sheriff. Yeah. That's what we're telling her. Sticking into that. Then we're going to cut to day two. Everyone's moving in the new house. How like much work did it take to go from day one to day two for that house to look from day one to day two? Yeah. So different. They got that spider web out of there? Everything's gone. That spider is, I hope they moved him outside. <laughs> yeah. It's the magic yeah. of editing, Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Almost 40 hours, but they're like moving the piano up. Uh, just, oh, everything's God. going crazy. That brought me back some trauma flashbacks. I hate, I hate moving. I hate moving pianos. pianos. I hate moving in big movies. Unless you just scream pivot, and it's funny for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's moving in. There is a brief talk of a locked door. Did you hear that? Yep. Like, hey, there's a door locked up here. Um, which, well, Tisha is not helping move. She's no, taking pictures. She's just taking pictures. She's whipping around. Um, and then she notices, uh, as she's taking pictures, she sees Tick in the front door, where Tick is coming to tell her that he's leaving. Going back He's to Florida. Going back to Florida. And we finally find out a timeline between episodes three, three weeks. and yes. two, pretty much. Three weeks, yep. And then Carhorn interrupts the hug. Look outside, just a bunch of white dudes. White cops still pulls by. It's hard to tell them apart. They all they all look alike. They all just like have just the same the like energy about them. Nasty smirk on their face. Got and that greasy hair wave. Why don't they hair. get a job or do something? They're just hanging out. They How do they cars outside this house for ten days? I know. What other cars do you do? You have extra cars lying around? What you don't have anything to do? Just go somewhere. Also, how long would a horn be allowed to go on before it runs out? Back, right? back in the fifties, I don't know. Nowadays, yeah, horns think, are all digital. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think like it's it's got to be connected to a battery. So you you have just a two days worth but it lasts for five days at least yeah. well it was on How day two and then it gets it was the day party two, day five day five is no day uh, eight is days. the party oh wow yeah yeah so it's going on for the, it goes on for at least six days how rude is that to their other neighbors too? that's what i was wondering i was like aren't you cutting off your nose to spite your face by doing this noise i thing? think you just defined racism oh yeah, yeah. good job harrison boom this right. is the podcast <laughs> uh, we're we learning things every day so, because of the people outside and them tying bricks with the car horn, Atticus decides to stay. Cut to day five. What The first thing we see is somebody putting in a white community sign. This is a white community only. 
Undesirables. No undesirables. Undesirables, yeah. that's the word. Yeah. And uh, the horns are still going on. Letty's sleeping, and she's having, like, a bit of a, a, a weird dream. And there's a woman, like, just kind of lurks, like, looks up over First, the side. First, there's some disembodied hands yeah. pulling some sheets. And then, uh, yeah, and then there's a woman there with no jaw whatsoever, and... It looks like it was shot off. It looks like a shotgun blast underneath the jaw. Yeah, true. Uh, Letty jolts awake, and... She's hot. She, she checks the window. Checks the window. The heart, horns are still going, and they are. Well, she checks the window because she's just hot. And there's also just a slop of condensation mm, on that window. Yeah, it's just so hot in there. I've never seen so much condensation on and the window. And so, uh, but that's why Letty goes to the basement, because it's just so hot in there. And she sees a little knob on the ground. Then the she decides the, to... Well, the the, well, the furnace is, like, rocking. It's like rocking. Because it's, it's too much pressure. And it's and being fucked with. And fell off, She even tried to pick the knob up to put yeah. it back on. And then, like, anything ever, you turn it right to turn it off. Yeah, righty-tighty. I was like, is that going to turn it off? Yeah, like, does that stop that? I, I think or you should make it this? worse? I don't know. It worked. Um, and then, bang. Lenny searches around, grabs a wrench, sees the floor door just start, like... There's a basement in the basement. Basement yeah. in the basement, sub basement, with a window in it. Let's uh, like because it's next scene with Tick down there, right after yeah. she runs away. Oh, true. There's a window in the sub basement. Yeah. That's cool. Man. Why? That's a nice house. Chicago. Chicago was built a long time ago, and it keeps sinking, so they have to keep building on top of yeah. it. Cut to Tick going down the stairs with a bat and sees nothing but a good space for a dark room. <laughs> and Letty tries to have a nice romantic moment with yeah. him. Grabs his hand. He, he pulls away. Pulls away. But he does painful. mention that. Those are the same tactics that he used in war. Yeah, the heat and the, the, heat and the noise. noise and all that and all that stuff, which is so that would make me think that maybe like white people are breaking into this thing yeah. to, to mess with them up. That's what makes furnace. yeah Letty think that too, and he says he's gonna like nail down the windows on the first floor in the basement. Yeah, it's odd that he keeps showing Tick and how he almost has a distaste for the relationship with Letty. Like he, every time there's any kind of affection, he's just not really into it. He just doesn't want to deal with George. Yeah, but I guess it's also like kind of leaving or whatever. They also haven't seen each other since George's funeral yeah, two sure. and a half weeks ago. So this is like one of the first times they've reunited. Uh, cut to day eight, and this is party night. And Letty's Ooh, bopping around, serving a, drinks. It's a big one shot. It's a one shot. It's a one take. Yeah. The camera follows her through the party for yeah. about 45 seconds. And and she's great. She there's a lot drinks. going on. She's serving a lot of drinks. It's a pretty well put together shot. I there's thought. a band going on in the party. Yeah. And I'm surprised that there are no cops arriving at any time. Yeah, already. But he did say that it was on a Sunday. No, that, they oh, moved wait, in on Sunday. In. Yeah, that they moved smart. in on Sunday. Yeah, there's no cops. They, they're... They're being loud. So and think the, that the first cut of the party is from a white person house. White yeah, house look, at, look at the people going in there. Yeah. Um, Ruby's playing. She's the band. She's playing Boogie at Midnight. Everyone's having a good time. Buddy goes back to the kitchen and talks to Hippolyta. Yeah, that's some weird food conversation. And she, she mentions a few things that Tick has been doing that remind her of George. Yeah. But also not. She said that Tick leaves the glasses upright to dry. She said George will leave them down. Yeah. And I think it was like things that... Things that are different now yeah. that he's gone. I couldn't tell if it was like things that was upsetting her or if it if he wasn't enough. Like it was very odd. Every scene that Hippolyte is in, I I did not understand the scene because she is very until she talks to monstros. True. That's Monster, uh, yeah. that's where really draws everything. Because I was trying to understand her and understand her, and then I watched the scene with monstros. Is it monstros? Monstros. Uh, he's a monster. So yeah, that's I guess that's, that's where you really get her her feeling. And that's where she, you know, she just knows that they're lying, and is just on the, her mind the whole time, and uh, that's what's driving her character in this weird way. Yeah. Um, 
and the kids are upstairs doing the Ouija. Yeah. yeah. In the Ouija board game, they ask who they're speaking to, and, and it says George, and then quickly says, is dead. Uh, well, it starts off with one of the kids asking, am I going to have a good time on my trip? And it says, yeah. no. Yeah. And then they're like, who are we talking to? And it's like, George, <laughs> George dot, 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 is dead. Is dead. And uh, D doesn't take it well. No, uh, but Hippolyta is looking for D, and she sees slash hears a door opening. All right, so this is the weirdest This is the cuts. locked door from... Yeah. yeah. The locked door? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so I'm assuming... Because they walk in... I would assume, yeah, but I didn't, I'm assume, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know. I'm making yeah. an assumption as well, oh, okay. but it would make sense because she walks in and there is like... It is ornate. The most well beautiful lit. solar system model. And yeah, it's got an astrolabe. Yeah, an astrolabe. Yeah. Which is generally kind of a stand-in prop that's supposed to mean there's magic stuff here. Yeah. I did, I did you know. notice the weird cuts? So she's at the base of the ladder up to the attic, hears noises of the door opening, it's cutting back and forth. The attic ladder is down the whole time, and on the last cut of her walking towards the door, the, adder, the ladder is up. And, but the, the there was down. there was some weird inconsistency with yeah. the ladder, and I expected ghosts. I wonder if stuff. the kids yeah. kids just left because they kind of yeah. stopped the weed. It's not an astrolabe. I used the wrong word. Yeah, I know. I wasn't gonna say that. You don't like it when I call you out. Let's see. So uh, Tick shows up. Letty's dancing. Tick is wearing his full military uniform. Full military like a tool. Yeah, tool. But also the guy says, you know, for yeah. the white neighbors to yeah. see a military guy yeah, there. That's, good. that's true. Um, Dude goes up to Tick and starts talking about Letty for some reason, and they watch because it dance. they used to. Tussle in high they used school. To, they used to tussle, yeah. And he's wondering, he's inner, feeling nostalgic. Intersexual wrestling? Uh, is that what that means? Sexual wrestling? No, intersexual. Like, it was, there was oh, intergender tussle. wrestling, no, that's yeah. A, yeah. That's a Marvin Gaye album. Well, it wouldn't have been sexual. It would have been hooking up. So, who knows? Mm. Um, Straight tuss. Yeah, just some tuss. So, Letty goes to the bathroom because she's super sweaty. Door opens behind her in a bit of a horror well, scene. did... Because we have we talked about Letty dancing with the dude while Tick watches? Yeah, some sexy And dancing. they made some oh, eye okay. contact. The guy's penis made contact with her butthole as her eyes made contact with Tick's eyes. Yeah, classic dancing. That's how you classic dance. Dan- that's how you dance. That's how you dance. That's how I've been doing it wrong. Yeah, that's what my grandma told That's me. why we were never allowed to dance in Midwest Ohio. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's too much. Once you start involving the butthole, we're out. And then Tick follows, or I guess Tick just shows up in a doorway, and then they there's do a, it. There's a ghost in the mirror, yeah. and she's fixing her guy with a busted out bicep. And right? nail oh, through yeah. his head. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. yeah and, then a... it, and then it cuts to her, and her eyes open, and you yeah. think she's reacting to the ghost, and then it's Tick in the mirror. Yeah. And he walks right up and kisses her. And then and they do it. They do it on Hard. the counter. Hard. Uncomfortably. It's not uncomfortable. It's not a loving, it's, it is not it's a romantic Tick establishing scene. his dominance over her. Yeah, he's, this is mine, which I didn't like at all. No. And then she even goes to grab his hand again up on the wall and he pulls away. And that's when he like notices there's blood everywhere and she says that she's on her period. Which turns out, not true. Spoilers. Pretty crazy. Um, it is not a romantic scene between Tick and Letty. No, it's very uncomfortable and sad and Letty's left crying. Yeah, I sobbing. It was it was an uncomfortable scene. It was terrible. It was like this episode, like the first two episodes, I felt like built up Tick as a character, and you you saw a lot of his good sides. You saw maybe some you know some qualities of him that can lead to some poor choices, but overall, just like he was a good dude. And this was the first episode where we really see another side of Tick, where he's letting his grief get the best of him and he's taking these actions that are destructive on those he loves. Yeah, and when you look at last week, when you see the sex scene that Letty envisioned mm. and how romantic that was going to be. Initially. Initially, yeah. 
but compared to what she envisioned, even though that was a magic, there were no words. There was no. Yeah, words it was just spoken. there, and then it was just, yeah. I, I, trouser I, snake. Yeah, yep. not not a fan of that. Not a fan of that. No, that was uncomfortable. So Ruby's chatting about her job at a table, the bunch of the job that she's looking for, a job search, and then that's when she sees a fire. And Letty goes. It's on. not just a fire; it's a burning cross. Well, she's a fire turns oh, into a yes. burning cross. Her yeah. Time to leave. And then Letty turns into just the biggest badass I've ever oh seen. Oh my god! Grabs the bat, and then Tick is on. It's like everybody else gets shotguns. Yep. We're covering I got four her. Four dudes with shotguns on the wall. Covering just her. Points. Yeah. I love this whole scene because it's a it's badass of destroying the cars, removing the horn, and then Letty's sister is just mm -hmm. right on with the cars. Who's yep. like, give me get all the, the weapons out of there because the yep. cops are right there. And it's so great when you see Letty because she's like swinging the bat, and then she's like. You know, pulling her dress like thing back up, and just like she's so strong looking. And even when you look at her in Birds of Prey movie, where she has those super thick like legs, and she's kicking the shit out of people, you don't see that strength in here. You see an inner strength. Mm -hmm. You see a woman who's beaten up and at the end of a rope kind of strength instead of I'm strong. Where she's like, I'm either gonna break or do what I did. Yeah. And then yeah, they it was get immediately on the ground as soon as yeah the they just put their hands up they know cops coming up because you know, that's just how people react when you're in like an occupied state when yeah. there, there's an occupying force that is not on your side as soon as they come around you're just on the ground with your hands up to prevent any kind of then you get just another one of those awful racist scenes where she's in the back involving of the another police officer and mm -hmm. the cops like oh who are you with you're with the monkey urban league or are you with the oh i know you mean you're with the national association for the advancement of cockroaches these aren't funny. You know what I mean? Well, like, no. It's just, I, these people are just pieces of shit. Yeah. Um, and as he's interrogating her and the files of complaints that she's had against her, even though none... 21 of them. Yeah. Even and they though, ignored all of them. Yeah. Except the ones that are against her. Right. Oh, yes. But that's when the cop just reaches up and grabs that strap. Yep. And I'm like, oh, no. And the, the guy driving she just starts whipping... And she, she gets to have, like, some broken rib or something. Oh, I felt so bad. But then it cuts right after that. Then it cuts to... Uh, well, they, the cop delivers some exp, uh, some exposition about the house first. And the things that she does not know. Yeah, there's some, you know, there were some eight bodies discovered in the basement. Yeah. The other parts. He asks if she was told to purchase it. Yeah. And he's like, you don't know anything about this house, do you? Yeah, super. The way you put into the ground doesn't always come back out. <laughs> uh, then it cuts to Letty in the basement, looking pretty tired. I do like what they do with her. Like from here on out, she's so like exhausted and so busy that they don't give they don't her makeup. up. Yeah, they they no. make it very clear. Like she yeah. is just going through this time after time after time. So they show her in the basement, and she's it's looking at the pictures, pictures, and she starts seeing. A commonality between them all. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she lines them up on the floor, and then I love this. A very weird I love face this. head comes oh, it's out. Great. No, you you line it up, and it's a seal. It's a yeah. magical seal, and then it unlocks the ghost of the man who owned the house. Yeah. and its head comes up out of the floor. <laughs> it's like, a get out of my house. I felt like there's something out of the House of Terror, whatever it is, Tower of Terror, at yeah. Disney. Well, also, <laughs> it was like from Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, yeah, was, that's too. a fake vinyl thing. Now, Letty's a Letty's an old sci-fi fantasy nerd. She should know better than to connect the glowing red lines on the right? pictures in our yeah. dark room. Right. But admittedly, I wouldn't be able to. She's resist. also not a great. Place. Yeah, I would have to. If I saw lines, I would need to line. Yeah. Them. And you also have to think that there's probably some external force that is just compelling her to yeah. do this. As I was well. wondering, particularly during the dance scene, whether people in this house were being compelled to act in a certain way. Oh yeah. I don't think it's supported by we the end talk of the about episode. The one yeah, white they, guy in the they fedora. Don't show that at all. Singular that? white guy in the fedora at the party. 
I didn't see him. There's a one. There's a guy in the green shirt and the fedora. It's like the only white guy there. And he just dances, like follows him dancing oh, yeah. a little bit. Was, oh wait, is he the one who pulls the woman away from the other dude? She comes. Uh, another woman comes and pulls him away from a woman. It's actually a black guy. He's just very white, light skinned. I, I I had the same reaction though. Huh. I had the same reaction. Yeah, I was like, I didn't. I didn't recognize. I didn't see. Because it, it happens right after Letty yeah. has a conversation yes. where they talk about a black guy dating a white woman. I think Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King Jr. Oh. Michael, oh. well, it goes by Martin now. Because, yeah, his name is Michael originally, and he changed his name, and there was a lot of, like, weird things about him dating way women and whatever. Oh. Um, so that, that was a cool and thing. And then the CIA yeah. assassinated him after he started talking about socialism. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's a different, different podcast. That's Harrison and me going to do angry guys talking about politics. Mm. You guys love angry people. So the next scene is Letty running through the house, grabbing every single picture off the walls and looking at all of them. And Ruby's behind her just kind of telling her, hey, we got bills, we got this and this. Well, and also, like, and the that, people last left. night... People yeah. are leaving because of what you did last night. Yeah, yeah. And she goes, I still have some money. Oh, mom's wait. Money. I saw some of mom's money. <laughs> yeah, I still got some of mom's money. And Ruby does not take that well at all. Ruby uh, is pretty upset. Delivers that... a pretty well-deserved dressing down for yeah, of course. Like, I mean, if we've seen Letty, Letty especially... Gets... No good. In this episode, we especially see Letty do... She does kind of, like, have other people work for her. Like, we see her not moving anything... They're hauling pianos and stuff like that. Well, that goes with her character. It does. Yeah. Right. But then Ruby gives her a deserved dressing down. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, yeah. You're not a fuck up. You're just fucked up. Right. And if you got this money from mom, you should have shared it with, you know, her and Marvin as well, which I understand. Yeah. And Ruby just doesn't want to lose her family, even though she doesn't really have them to begin with. She's lying I mean, to get them, I guess. But um, she's, she's cautious about losing what little family she has left. Then we cut to Hippolyta talking to Montrose while he's drinking again, waiting for D. And she shows that she bought another copy of the Dracula book. Wait, he, uh, like, Montrose, I think, spills over the he's container. carrying of, a box of books. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He's, he's got a bag or something, and he, like, spills it, and it falls out. And she's like, and she's oh, like yeah. I spilled coffee on it or something. Yeah. Um, and that's when we learn it's George's favorite book. Yeah. And there's a lot of talk from them two about George's death, and I know there's more about this, you know, tell me. And that's when we go to day 10, which day 10 is the night that we know that the bodies are missing. Right. So now we know that we're on the night. Letty's scribbling on some paper and is pretty sure that the house is haunted. Tick doesn't fight it, which I thought was really cool. He just comes and goes, walk me through it. At this point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking too, I was, like, I was like, cool, Tick didn't fight, but he better not fight it after what happened. Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, my favorite line in this, con probably in this entire episode, she's like, you know, we never talked about what happened. And Tick's just like, vampires, George died, blah, blah. <laughs> there we go. Talked about yeah. it. It's <laughs> been talked. <laughs> that's what it felt like. It, it was, that's when we find out that Winthrop is the original owner of the house, which he is. We find out later on that he was one of the original sons of Sam or sons of Adam. Sons of Sam. Getting talked to by a dog. <laughs> Dude, there's a lot of dogs. Yeah, no, hey, son of Sam. That he was a doctor that was fired for unethical experiments, right? Like eugenics style experiments. Uh, human experimentation, yeah, like yeah, Mengele yeah. style. Um, there's talks of more articles that Letty found. And the people connected, she actually found all of the eight pictures of the bodies that were mm -hmm. supposedly down in her basement that the cop told her about. And that's when she realized that she actually has the souls trapped in her house. Um, and that's also where we find that Letty was a virgin. Because she tells him, like, hey, that was my first time. And he kind of goes, well... Yeah, first and then he what? turns. Yeah. Yeah. And he takes it in for a second. Mm -hmm. I think he really, like, sits on that, but... And the, then it cuts to a Creole woman uh, 
With just goat, cutting a goat. Leading the goat up to the house. Leading, leading goat up. And, and then she straddles the goat. It's yeah. being shown from the window of one of their white neighbors. Yeah. So my yeah. first thought was like, oh, oh boy. I guess this. Is, I guess you should try and do this in the middle of the night, but maybe turn the lights off so yeah. nobody can see it. <clears throat> yeah. Leads a woman under the porch and slits its throat, and then pours a very very neat stream of mm. blood into a yeah. cup. Doesn't look like it was you know arterial spray, but yeah, whatever. She could be like a professional uh, bloodletter. She could be. She did cut it yeah. at a very interesting point on its chest. Yeah. Yeah. Blood. It was. Um, but then she takes some of the blood and she put, starts putting marks on mm-hmm. all the people's heads. Door and frame door and foreheads. Um, then they go to the basement and that's where she feels a lot of the gross stuff. And she asks him to form a circle. Lights start flashing and we're getting scene jumps between the Upstairs. horrific stuff in the basement and these white people breaking into their house. I mean, 1950s America, if some white people see black people sacrifice a goat on their porch, they're going to drive them out of the neighborhood. That's fair. Yeah, I, I no, I, I liked the timing on this. Yeah. It felt like that, you know. Well, she bashed her car up. She's got spirit, and then yeah, and then comes all right. Yeah, I, I feel I feel like at that moment they'd be like, "Hey, get over here!" They, yeah, they're doing something. Now the white dudes hear a noise from behind a door, and they assume it's, that it's the locked door. The black right? people. It's a locked room. When they go into, there's nothing in there. They fall. It's in. emptied. And it's gross looking. Yeah, it is not mangled. What, not the, the door, same way it looked before. No, the door shuts and locks behind them. Maybe the place was never cleaned up. Perhaps the spirits Whoa. made it look clean to Letty to on that day, too, to, to convince people to come inside and yeah. keep this process going. Um, the white dudes, that's when uh, the white dudes see the baby the baby headed basketballer. Not quite. <laughs> It cuts back and forth a bit. They start their little seance. Well, the seance is going on. That's what starts well, right. all that stuff. And then, yeah, there's, you're, there's paper flipping around. We get some ghosts. Yeah. And we so, get some ghosts. So do you think that that baby-headed basketball player, that's the experiments that was done to him that like oh, yeah. turned his head into a baby? Either that or it was like a like he tried to put a baby head on it. Uh, like adult. sewed it, yeah. Thematically, uh, I was wondering if there was some sort of experimentation regarding my like... Part. De-aging? I love the face on this baby. Oh, yeah. oh this, when it notices them, yeah. it's huh? so gross. Oh, it's and so baby, baby basketball ghost, and then it somehow makes the radiator kind of blow up on those I mean, guys. It melts their faces. They can do whatever they want. They That's definitely fair. melts their eyes and their faces um, off. Other white dude oh, is yeah. looking around, goes right to the elevator, and best scene in the episode. Just looks in there, takes that off, and the longest lingering shot of his headless neck. Also, that elevator came from hell because it rises up. And well, he looks down, you don't see anything. Yeah, but if you watch the very end, you know where the elevator goes. All right, we go back to the basement seance. Uh, things go quiet for a second. Then the sprinklers go on, and they take everyone's marks off their heads. And that's when things get a little bit crazy, because they all run. Uh, but Creole lady, whose name is Betsy. Betsy. Yeah. Uh, Betsy, she gets possessed. She gets her back broken. Her back yeah. gets broken, being slammed into the ceiling. Yeah, and then she attacks Tick. Everybody, everybody gets a crack kick, crap kicked out well, of them she, in this basement. She chokes Tick and she possesses Tick. She chokes Letty first when Letty goes to help her, which is why Letty is breathing really hard for the remainder of the scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You can hear her go, <gasps> because she was getting, which I thought was a nice little attention to detail. Oh, absolutely. And then yeah, she tries to choke Tick. You see some supernatural strength. Yeah. And then it ends, and then Tick it does the it does the black eyed possession thing, which is fine. Yeah, that's fine. Classic yeah, possession. It's fine. Um, so now Tick is possessed, and Letty starts calling on the souls, and they actually come and help. They show up. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Really... It's all about showing up. <clears throat> it's all about showing up. It's just all about showing up. IBM TV. I really enjoyed Tick getting possessed. Yeah, he starts doing like half dancing and calling her a bitch. 
Down my house. The smear face yeah. effect is pretty fun. Was, Which they showed that earlier in the picture, so yeah. that was ex you know expected, but there. Let's see. Letty starts ch uh, chanting in Creole, and with the help of the other ghosts that do come. They exercise them. Tick, they, yeah, the he ghosts heal themselves yeah, as well. He ejects the, the spirits, uh, turns into a crinkly old white dude doctor. That's when the souls revert back to their unexperimented forms and take the spirit with them. Also, the doctor worked with the chief of police, which they don't really go into how. It's a pretty good exorcism scene. Yeah, great. Yeah. Letty looks exhausted at the end of it. She, she, this episode is like a showcase for her acting. Yeah. She's really mm -hmm. doing a good job throughout the entire thing. Yeah, this lets me know why she's built first. This is... Yeah. Ultimately, it's, it's, so far it's her story. I I'm hoping it's turning so to get to more hers. of her show. Yeah, which <laughs> I'm totally fine with. I like the, I like it when shows mislead you on who you want the main character to be. Yeah. Just like The Hunt, that movie was great, because you're like, who's the main character? It's that one about the, the left-wing people. Oh, hunting. yeah. That was a good movie. <laughs> it's like, oh, right, we're going to follow this guy. It's like, oh, they're okay. Then we cut to Letty talking to a news reporter. Now, was this her talking about selling the house, or just... She's turning it into a way house. She's yeah. turning it into a rest house, yeah. But she's getting a reporter involved, I guess, like, making a bigger thing. Yeah. Um, Maybe trying to they, just advertise it. Then they head over to the elevator. Which I'm like, all right, I'm sick. Publicity is a good shield sometimes. That's true. They ride down the elevator, and the reporter asks about if she knows where the white people are that went missing. Three bodies. Three bodies. Three people went missing. Letty has no idea. Mm -hmm. um, they leave the elevator. Now we stay with the elevator when the door's shut, and it goes all the way down past the basement. And when it opens, that's when you see the three white dudes. <coughs> and then it goes, and more lights show up, and there's more skeletons. It, and it's a tunnel. It's, it's like a, a rough, tunnel. it's like a mined tunnel. skeletons. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. there's a lot more of this house to come. Does it connect to the Braithwaite? Man, no idea. Home. Probably. <laughs> well, we know, we'll get into that in just yeah. a second after we discuss the next scene. Um, next scene, Tick sees, uh, Tick just walk around the street, and he sees a silver sedan. He's hanging out outside the realty office for the guy who sold Letty the house. J JJ. JJ. Oh, that's why he's out there. Yeah. Oh, I just saw. I just thought then, he was out there. Yeah. And then he sees a very familiar silver Ford pull up and park, and a familiar woman get out. Yep. He sees Christina, and he goes up and confronts her inside. Yeah. And it turns out that Horatio Winthrop was the f first owner. The son of Sam. And son of, <laughs> oh, we got him. Son of Adam. <laughs> Tick pulls a gun on Christina, and she, I guess, puts a spell on him. Freezes he's paralyzed. him. Yes. She freezes him. Yeah. Pretty probably. much freezes him. Um, he can't pull the trigger, and there's just a lot of magical talk. Really. Well, there's talk about what's probably going to happen later on. Yeah, some she, weird foreshadowing. They they mentioned that all of the magic that all the sons of Adam have ever done is comes from a single page of the Book of Life. Yeah, and that now that the book now the book is gone in a booby trapped vault beneath the manor or what it used to be. Yeah. So she says, imagine what can happen if we decode the rest of the book. That's when Christina puts the, her card in his pocket yes. and is like, give me a call because you should know better. Yep. Someone like you can't go around killing white women, and so we good. cut to black. And the episode ends. And that's it. That's the end of the episode. Yeah. I love this episode. It was a good one. Yeah, I, I like the double twist of the money source. Yeah. I like thinking that it's from Letty's mom, and then you're like, oh, no way, it's from Braithwaite, which makes it make way more sense yep. and makes it even more fucked up. Ties it into the first and second episode. Yeah. yeah. Puts it all not, together, makes it less anthology. They're not wholly isolated. Right, yeah. which is great. So we're still going to experience genres of horror, but an overarching storyline that drives it all together. Yeah, they're doing a very good line of weaving a bunch of storylines together. Um, I am so excited about I'm this. I'm in. I'm, yeah. I'm so in. 
I was a little bit, I wavered a little bit last episode, but this one's solidified. I'm mm -hmm. 100% in. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm curious because this is a cut and dry story pretty much for this house. Yeah. Um, and I'm very curious to see where they'll take it for episode four. Did yeah. either of you watch the In the Weeks Ahead thing nope. after this one? Not the Weeks Ahead, no. Okay. I watched the coming attraction. It looks like it's going to be, with, I'm going to be minimal about this, they are pursuing the book against Christina. Oh, okay. And Ruby gets involved in some way. Oh, good. So it's going to be them hunting down, they're like... The Book of the Dead? Book of The Book of Life. Oh, book of it's life. not the Necronomicon okay. in yeah. this one, interestingly. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Necrotelonomicon. So is, book that's, of the what, dead. <laughs> that's what Tick's ancestor stole was the Book of Life? Yeah. That's okay. that book that the, the slave woman was holding yeah. at the end of the last episode. <laughs> Um, so it looks the like figures. it looks like it's gonna be a hunt because they're like you know we can't let them get this as well. Yeah. So interesting to see where this goes. I want to. I'm looking forward to the magic and monsters. Do you yeah. think so? Lovecraft is already dead uh, by the time that this. Yes, yeah, he died in 29. Do I you believe. think they might try and have some kind of like sorcery esque? Well, like... As we started looking up the other names of the episodes this season, there's one called Remember 1921 or. Rewind, 1921. Yeah, so... There very well could be an appearance. And Lovecraft is alive that time. Who do you think would be a good cast as Lovecraft? I don't know what he looks like. I have no idea. Probably Neil Patrick uh, Harris. <laughs> that would be an interesting decision. You know what? Because he, he can he plays slimy real well. Desmalkian? David Desmalkian? Who's that? He's the... the angel? I don't think so. He's <laughs> he, um, he was the crazy guy that Two-Face abducted in Dark Knight and like, puts in the oh, chair. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, like he's Polkadot Man. Episode 4 is called History of Violence. It is... Mm. This is the first time I'm changing up directors. Is Vigo in it? I don't think so. I hope oh. not. Uh, <laughs> the directors for this one are going to be Victoria Mahoney, who we found out is on the second production crew of Rise of Skywalker, so she's got a big budget. Is it experience. the same writer? No. Uh, same yeah. writer, yeah. Yep. Uh, Misha Green, Misha Green is, is everything. Excellent. That's it's good. just episode 4, for some reason, I've changed up directors yeah, for they, first they, time. They, okay. HBO will change directors in between sometimes. What if they do like uh, three episode shots for each director? Yeah. Um, do you want to read the synopsis for... Sure. Episode 4, History of Violence, directed by Victoria Mahoney and David Petrarca. After Christina mysteriously shows up at her doorstep, Letty confronts Atticus about his plan to surreptitiously return to Florida. Later, in search of missing pages to a crucial text, Letty, Tick, and Montrose head to Boston with Hippolyta and Diana, Jada Harris, along for the ride. Back in Chicago, a handsome stranger nurses Ruby's disappointment over a squandered job opportunity. So we're gonna get some wandering. St we're gonna get some wanderer stuff. Lovecraft yeah. wrote about outsiders. Uh, we're going to Boston. 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 Nice. Yeah, say hi to your elder god for me. Boston. You got Dunkin' Donuts and you got racism. That's oh. plenty of it. They go together like apple pie. Yeah, and racism. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say apple pie. That's fine. Um, Harrison, what do you th what do you expect or what do you want to see out of episode four? Hmm. Well, I am looking forward to a whole new genre of horror. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure what to... I feel like this is going to be more like a creepy vibe, thriller-esque kind of like genre versus this was more scary, you know, gory horror. Yeah. Um, I'm really... I really want to see more of Letty. I just really... Yeah. I'd love to see them push this actor and see what she can give us and, uh, and, and see where we go from there. And, you know, also like, am I going to like Tick more or am I going to like him less? Yeah. Because uh, as of right now... He's starting to look a little bit like the man who raised him. Yeah, true. He's starting to show some of that in him. Either way, I'm excited. Mm -hmm. It's going to be good. All right, man. You want to close this out? Sure. Pew. All right. Hey, guys. We appreciate you listening. We are some nobodies. My name is Dylan. Zach's here. Harrison's here. Uh, you might have heard 
Kayla a little bit. She got here late and hasn't watched the show, but whatever. We gave her um, a lot of spoilers, she's though. Got, she's got a lot of opinions <laughs> on <a> lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. She already knows some things. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate you checking out some Nobodies Review Lovecraft Country. You can find some of our other projects at www.somenobodies.com, where you can find things like Silicon Angels, our sci-fi comedy serial, the podcast podcast, the podcast show where we review podcasts, links to this, links to our live stream, writer's room, talking upstream, and the rest of everything we do. Yeah, that's it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And our Patreon. Great job. Yeah, go check us out on patreon.com slash some nobodies. Help support us do this sort of thing so we can tickle your ears a little bit more. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. ear ticklers. We ear, are ear ticklers. Ear ticklers. That's gonna be a, That's going to be another project. Ear ticklers? Yeah. I'm not involved. Right. I think right. that's when we go into the manufacturing and like merch side of it. The yeah. ear ticklers. Oh, that's that's, that's, that's ear a tickler. Silicon Angels product. <laughs> <The ear tickler. laughs> Alright, thank you guys. Bye. 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 What if I told you that I could change your life forever? We need to be able to defend ourselves. You have his blood. Must be the key to finding his pages. You can't win this game. They're setting up for you to play. You gonna help us or not? For us, it's a rat race to the finish. And it's winner takes all. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We're going to end it with some Patreon shoutouts. We appreciate all of you supporting us. This goes out to Scott Curtis. To Sarah to Chashkik. You almost did it. Damn it! To Tanya Shosh. And to Terrapin Care Station. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. Thank you.